Welcome to the Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics with Reese Tiefertiller. Welcome back to another Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics podcast with Reese Tiefertiller and our longtime friend, Ryan McDowell. I say longtime, 15 years or so. Ryan, how is how's it going? Yeah, it's going great. Going great. We're in that that grind part of the season. I know some people are um, maybe even thinking, I'm just ready to get this season over with. I'm ready for the offseason. If you're a dynasty player and and your team's struggling, maybe you're thinking that way, looking at the, the incoming rookie class or, um, you know, which, which free agents might be changing teams, things like that. But I'm, I'm still plugging away and trying, trying to get into the playoffs in some of these leagues, Jeff. Now, I have a bone to pick with Mr. McDowell that he doesn't Uh-oh. know about. Bring it so on. He started the playoffs this coming week. Mm. When I have players, a lot of them, on bye, a lot of Carolina, a lot of Philly. I think he did it just for me. Not that I, I have no McCaffrey, but, you know, there's some leagues where I could use some Jalen Hurts. Mm. I could use some other guys and, you know, now I'm left with, is it Baker Mayfield or is it Taylor Heineke? Heineke. You know what I mean? Like it would be nice. Yeah, it's to have Heineke. Hurt. And I'm thinking, yeah. you know, the gal guy, he was looking at rosters, the bye weeks. He said, you know, that T for Tiller guy, we're going to make this a little more interesting. I try to make it challenging for you. Now those, those kitchen sink leagues, I think we've talked about them on here before, but uh, kind of a unique setup, basically a 24 team league. And uh, we, we need the extra week for the playoffs. So normally we actually start in week, uh, week 12. So in a, in a normal year or, or previously, we would have already started the playoffs and you would have had to deal with, uh, with that Kansas City Chiefs by last week. Uh, but with the extra week this season, I, I don't know. It's that's that's one thing we we talked a lot about in the in the off season was the schedule change and how that would affect things, how it, it would affect the fantasy playoffs, and uh, would that would the new week seventeen be just like the old week seventeen where it's kind of a throwaway week, or is is eighteen the new seventeen? And I, I think when we saw those bye weeks with with some significant buys in week 12 uh, and, and more importantly for, for typical leagues in week 13, I think everybody just kind of said, let's, we, we've got to push it. We don't have a choice at this point. It's got to be uh, 14 playoffs starting in week 14 at the earliest or, or week 15. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see as the season uh, wraps up how NFL teams approach week 17 uh, especially if they've already got a playoff spot or, or a division wrapped up. Yeah, I was just busting your chops. Yeah, fantasy yeah. football, <laughs> even though I get irritated because I lose some heartbreaks, at the end of the day, it's fantasy football. You know what I mean? Like, that first hey, I, I would just say, Jeff, if, if you earned a top two seed, then you got the bye and you don't have to worry about those, those NFL bye weeks. So, yeah. just, hey, do better. Do better, man. Hey, I already told you about my heartbreaker on Monday Night Football. Terry McLaurin, I needed .2. And that wasn't near as bad. Now that I'm on a soapbox and on a whining route (laughs) rant, last year, I remember 
All I needed was five points. I was in the, the semis going into the finals. I needed five fancy points, PPR, Bengals, Steelers, Monday night. And I had a choice between Geo and Juju. I chose wrongly. I chose Juju. And uh, if you all remember that play, that was the one where Juju took a crossing pattern. He caught the ball, got took a step, up. got lit up. The ball went backwards. They counted the negative yards on his catch, and I lost, and, oh, no. which was awesome. All right, looking back, we whine, we whine, but it's awesome because it is, it's just part of life. You, you've got a, a better memory than I do, for sure. I I guess I've got a short memory, really, in, in life, but in fantasy football as well. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's a good thing that I don't remember all of my, my own bad takes or, or anybody else's. <laughs> but you're talking about your heartbreaks. I remember in semifinals a couple of years ago, it was 20, I think it was 2018. I was the Derrick Henry 99-yard uh, touchdown Oh, rush against the Jaguars, played against yep. him. Cooper put up three touchdowns on the Eagles on Sunday night football. And then Ty- the Tyreek Mahomes stack against the Ravens, but he- they let him up for like three touchdowns. Sometimes it happens and you got to, it's just part of life. You got to oh, yeah. shrug your shoulders, smile and say, you know, it's fancy football. Yes. <laughs> so as we were talking about past heartbreaks, how are your fancy teams doing, Ryan? Uh, doing, doing okay. Uh, we, we talked about those kitchen sink leagues already. There's five of those total. And, uh, I, I, uh, am going into the playoffs. I, I won my division in four of those. So that's, that's a good start, but, uh, we all know it's, it's really the playoffs that, that matter. Actually, I, I already claimed to have a short memory, but I remember this one last year in, in one of those leagues, I go into the playoffs undefeated undefeated i think uh we played double headers in those as well so i think i I think there were 22 games at that point so i go into the playoffs 22 and 0 haven't lost and and clearly the best team in the league and i lose in the first round of the playoffs so uh my my season was over no title for me so the the regular season's great get get into the playoffs but then that's what really matters so going well so far but yeah it's luck right i mean you don't know if you're relying on Tom Brady. Thankfully, if you have him, he's they're not worried about sitting him. But there are some, you, you know, like you mentioned the end of the season, and Reese is way more on top of it. But I don't think any either of the conferences, any teams far enough ahead that we worry about it at this point. Uh, not for the top of the conference, but in the division somewhere. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I just kind of threw that out as as you know, kind of a general thing we talk about every year, thinking about which teams might sit their, their starters or their key players, but that's really true. That's, there's just been so much parody. And, you know, we talk about the jets beating teams, or the, the Texans beating teams that, that we didn't expect. Um, that's just kind of the state of the league this year that you, uh, you look at almost every, uh, every division race and, and it's close. Or, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's close. It's, it's we're not going to see those teams sit this year. Even the ones, I think the NFC North, the Packers have a, a pretty significant lead, but they're still battling for, um, for overall NFC standing. So yeah, that's, that's a really good point guys that we may not have to worry about teams sitting, sitting out as the season wraps up. 
Yeah. But, <clears throat> sorry. A lot of the reason why that has to go with a lot of the wild card teams or teams on the fence, they're, I believe, going into last week, there was like 15, 16 teams, not 15, but like 12 within 500. And that number is probably staying about the same through yeah. the rest of the season. That's a lot of teams battling for wild card position. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you see the you see the standings and the the teams that are in the hunt. Uh, you know that the top seven and then the rest are that are in the hunt. And in the hunt is almost the rest of the conference, right? Yes. I mean, uh, even teams that are below five hundred are still in the hunt, at least in the uh, in the NFC. So. Yeah, it's just just totally wide open. That's going to be a good thing for us, probably. Especially when the NFC has the seven seed, I think, is the football team with a five and six record. And so you, you have all those teams that are five and six, four and seven, or the ones that have their bye or haven't had their bye, you know, within a half game either way. And you can even see, because I believe this week, please two of the primetime matchups, or for the division lead with the Broncos and Chiefs and the uh, Bills Patriots. All right, let's just – you have your Broncos hat on. Let's talk about this. Your, <laughs> if your boys beat the Chiefs, how far-fetched is that for the Broncos to be leading the division? It's weird. Not used to it. It's like 10 when that last happened. <laughs> I mean, going into the season, it, it might have been far-fetched, but at this point – you, you know everything everything seems like a possibility oh man it's a crazy year especially if i told you hey you're going to trade away von miller teddy's going to play average and miss some games you're still going to be there mm, so wow. yeah yeah what two weeks ago we thought the the broncos were packing it in and uh i mean they're they're last in the division as i as i peek at the standings but they're also one game out at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's it's going to be a fun next uh, five or six weeks. Yeah. But all those teams are either six and five and seven or seven and four in that AFC West. Yeah. So, you're mentioning like how you're number one in your, in your division for four of your five leagues or five, four of your five kitchen sinks. What have been some of your lessons learned either? this season or the season before that led to your success this season? Um, you know, I mean, I think we have to talk about running backs. Um, yes. It's, it's just been, uh, it, it's, it's kind of the topic of the week as, as McCaffrey season and McCaffrey season is now over and uh, Dalvin cook goes down with the injury. Um, and, and if you, you know, I've seen it, if, if you guys have, have been on Twitter or, checking out any content this week you've seen the list of these were the top 20 running backs or the top 10 running backs coming into the season and hurt 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 right out for the year on ir missed six games and you know we can pick out the one or two or three that that hasn't been the case right if you got jonathan taylor if you got austin eckler if you got joe mixon you're doing great beyond that you're you're hurting you're feeling it and uh, one thing I do over at, at DLF uh, dynasty league football is, is run these monthly mock drafts to collect ADP and, and we're seeing the shift, right? Like Jeff, I mean, I know you remember the first shift uh, what 10 years ago or, or longer, maybe when it went from the entire first round was running backs to people are taking Calvin Johnson 
at the 101. Like, yeah. can't even imagine taking a wide receiver at the 101. And if we're going to take Calvin Johnson there, then we've got to put Julio Jones and AJ Green and and Demarius Thomas and Josh Gordon in that conversation too. And now suddenly the first round is is half and half. And then a year later, there's one running back in the first round. That's it. So I don't know if the shift this time is going to be that dramatic, uh, but it, it might be, you know, uh, this offseason we might be looking at Jonathan Taylor as the, as that first round running back and, and really no other locks. It could be a lot of these young wide receivers, Jamar Chase and Jefferson and, and uh, uh, CD lamb and all these names that, that we know dominating the first round. So uh, I think, um, I don't know if that's that's the lesson I've learned, but that's a big shift that I've noticed. Let me pile on for two of those. I do think that there'll be a, a boomerang effect on Dynasty where you can get older running backs cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, like Fournette. Fournette was peanuts coming into this season. Yeah. And he's been decent. But also I think it's going to set up an opportunity for guys like uh, DeAndre Swift you know, he could miss this week and miss the next and have three good games. And then we're willing to put him back at running back two again. You know what I mean? It's just, this is always the the flight of the bumblebee. It seems, you know, it's up, it's down, it's here, it's there. But Ryan, the, the thought I was going to push in on, tight ends getting older, except for Pitts and Andrews. You throw in Goddard and some of those guys. But, and wide receivers getting young. Quarterbacks going young. There aren't very many running backs going young. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there aren't that. It's the one position there aren't that other than Taylor, maybe Swift. There aren't that many great young guys out there. Recess Dobbins, well, but you know what I'm saying. I was going to mention Dobbins and and uh, Cam Akers as well because what six months ago we thought we thought the running back position had been reborn with with this class of uh class of 20 what 2020 i guess i guess that was that rookie group of of acres and and those guys and and we can throw Najee harris into that that conversation as well um so it, it feels like it has it it feels like you're right you know that it that we don't have these these young options but i think really quickly we could, you know, if, if acres comes back healthy, if Dobbins comes back healthy and these, these are a lot of ifs, if Travis Etienne pans out and is healthy, um, if Antonio Gibson bounces back, he's had a rough year, mostly due, I think to, uh, to injuries and to his health. So there's still a lot of options that can uh, kind of reload that running back position. Like y'all, John, Jonathan Taylor does look like the one most set up for success just behind that offensive line. And the other crazy part about Swift is while he's not getting uh, carries, he's still getting the targets and Mm -hmm. all the receptions and all that. And you could see the next version of the Jacobs versus Eckler receptions versus carries. You could see that panning out with Dobbins versus Swift. Yeah, where where Swift is basically McCaffrey. He has a chance for... 100 yards on the ground and 100 yards in the air yeah. in a week. I, I guess I kind of think of Swift more as uh, early career Eckler and I'm sorry, early career uh, Kamara. 
yeah. and those are those are cer- certainly lofty expectations but um when mark ingram was scoring what 10 or 12 touchdowns i mean kamara wasn't getting a ton of work on the ground no. most of the points that he was racking up was uh did come as a receiver and uh, i mean we didn't we didn't knock him for that but now suddenly that's that's the knock against swift that he's not a great runner or he's not getting uh he's not getting the the carries that we want him to so i I don't know why we're uh holding that against deandre swift all of a sudden when when it's something we loved about kamara mccaffrey eckler some of these others um now if you want to talk about swift as the overall rb1 that's a little tougher to to pull that trigger and i know i know some have and, and some probably still have him there uh, it, it's just hard, hard to uh, ignore what we've seen from Jonathan Taylor the last six weeks or so. Yeah, but the other thing about Swift and his defense is game script. You know, yeah. Detroit's not in very many obvious running situations. Plus, Jamal Williams is a passable running back. You know, whereas right. if you look at Taylor, Naeem Hines really isn't, Marlon Mack isn't. You know, they're just feeding him. And so, I don't know. I still think the jury's jury's out. So do you think, do you think Swift is like a top three guy? Probably. Cause yeah. just cause the other guys are old. Like, you know, I'd love to put Derrick Henry there. It's a crazy stat. Derrick Henry still leads the league in carries and he's been gone how many weeks. And so I'd love he's to play eight games. Yeah. Derrick Henry there, but I mean, you're really going to put a guy with that age and that miles, you know, over, these younger guys, eh, I don't know if I want to front load my dynasty teams that much. That's good stuff. But Jonathan Taylor, I believe it was Pat Fitzmorris on the podcast, dropped that Frank Reich was not giving him much of a workload. Even in this past game against Tampa Bay, they went, Colts went, what, 20, 25 straight plays without handing off to Taylor? And then look at that. Once you did, they scored a touchdown that drive. Oh, yeah. And sometimes NFL coaches are like us fancy coaches. We outthink ourselves. Yeah, that was that was really weird. It, it was almost like, uh, you know, like they got into their own heads or, or they tried to to change the game script up too much. And uh, somebody made the point that the the Colts tried to throw the ball. Carson Wentz throwing it all around the, the field. And, and the Buccaneers in that game tried to run the ball, focusing, focusing on the run game. And it's like these two shifted, uh, you know, game scripts or, or game plan, whatever you want to say there. Uh, and it didn't really work for either one. Although I guess when Fournette's racking up four touchdowns, maybe maybe you can say it, it did work for them. But um yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has only gotten uh, 20 carries twice this season, 20-plus carries in two games this year. Uh, and, and those are just two of the past three weeks. So there's – I mean, there's a reason for those complaints, I think. When you when you see the production, you see the talent, and he's, he's putting up 150 yards on 18 carries or something, uh, I think – that's that's kind of our our selfish instinct is we want to see more. What what can he do with twenty five carries? What can he do with twenty eight carries? Um, so I get it. It's it's kind of it's kind of give or take though because we also want to be careful of that workload and uh, we don't want we don't want three or four Derrick Henry seasons piled up 
as far as uh, the number of total carries. So I think ultimately the way they're using him is probably a good thing. Um, it, it just leaves us, leaves us a little hungry though. Yeah. It's like ice cream. I want a lot of ice cream until it gives me a belly ache. Right. <laughs> and, and Reese knows I love ice cream. Yes. <laughs> you live in the Brahms state. Yeah. So you, I miss that place. Yes. You've already mentioned this uh, shift that you're anticipating the ADP of running backs and receivers. Do you see that panning down in your own rankings? I, I definitely do. Yeah. I, I um, and I think rankings are always an interesting conversation because there's so many ways to, to approach it. Right. Are you thinking, are you thinking about it as far as how you would draft these players in a new startup? Are you thinking about it as far as trade value in, in an existing league? And um, to me, those things are, are very different. Um, some, some might say they should be the same. I don't really think that's the case. Uh, totally different for me. So uh, it really depends on kind of my mindset when I'm, when I'm looking at my rankings or, or making updates, but yeah, I have moved the young wide receivers to the top of my rankings, Chase Jefferson uh, and Lamb along with AJ Brown and, and DK Metcalf uh, are all among the top five or six in my rankings. And, and then we got to get, we got to get Jonathan Taylor in there because I, I do think we're starting to see the gap between him and everybody else. So it's, it's almost a similar conversation that you would say about Kyle Pitts, uh, that you see a, a big gap value-wise between Kyle Pitts and every other tight end. And, and maybe that's why you think he's a first-rounder in startups this offseason. That's almost where we are with, with JT as well, that um, such a gap between him and, and everybody else that he's, he's locked in not only as a first-rounder, which is obvious, but, uh, but probably that 101 spot even. So you know more about this than I do. I'm not the dynasty guy in the family. That's him. But <laughs> Kyle Pitt, but is Kyle Pitts worth more than I know is Mark Andrews worth more than Travis Kelsey then? Um I think they're getting close, you know, and and of course Travis Kelsey's 32 years old at this point. I believe uh, Mark Andrews is 25, I think. So that's, you know, when they're uh, scoring kind of in the same range, which which they have been for most of the year. Kelsey's had a couple of those blow up games, but uh, for the most part, he's uh, we've seen his production dip. Um, that gap is going to close quickly because of because of the age difference. So um, I still have Kelsey ranked higher, but again, if I go into startup draft mode and I'm building a team from scratch, I would prefer Andrews. I, I think they'll both end up in that. Uh, third or fourth round range of, of typical dynasty startups. And I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a first rounder. Wow. Hey, Ryan, I have a question. So there's a guy that I moved way up this week in my, so just for, just for transparency, I don't do overall rankings because everybody wants to argue positional value and every league's different. So I don't like those arguments, Yeah. but there's a guy who moved way up in my wide receivers and I moved him ahead of AJ Brown and ahead of DK Metcalf. Because I think his coach has figured out how to use him. And that's Debo mm, Samuel. I was going to say, I, I and, knew who you were going to say already. And I could tell. Yeah. I, I just, I moved him up. And, you know, he's in, for me, you ask who's going to score more in the next two or three years, Samuel. And you say, somebody counter and say, well, Samuel's been hurt some. I'd be like, so is Metcalf and Brown. 
And yeah. so, you know, I don't know. I, it's hard. And I don't have any Debo shares. I wish I did. But it's hard for me to deny his role and his ability. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, sorry, Reese, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. The question and the concern for Debo has always been injury um, because, you know, I watched him for years at, at South Carolina and the, the guy just struggled to stay on the field. I, I hate, hate to see it and, and hate to, to even think about it. You don't want to feel like you're jinxing him. And, and he's had the same struggle his first couple of years in the league. I think honestly, that's why uh, when he got hurt on, on Sunday in, in what seems like it's going to be a relatively minor groin injury, uh, maybe miss a game or two, but, but not, uh, not season in super serious, but the reports uh, from the sidelines were that he was getting emotional. He was upset. He was almost crying. And, you know, the first thought is it, it's got to be season ending. It's something very serious. I think it's probably that same frustration we felt as, as, as fans of his or as dynasty managers seeing the talent, but knowing he can't stay on the field. So I, I just wonder if that kind of bled over with, with him having the same frustration of like, here we go again, this is happening again. And, and fortunately, like I said, it seems like that's not the case, maybe a game or two. Uh, and hopefully he'll be back because it's, it's been, an unreal year for him not only the usage but just the overall production even as as a straight up wide receiver before they uh, they start mixing him into the backfield as they have the past few games but i'm with you jeff i've moved him way up my rankings as well uh, i do uh, i do uh, overall rankings uh, all positions together and in, in my one quarterback rankings, he's a first rounder. I think I've yep. got him 12 overall. Uh, I do still have him behind uh, Metcalf and AJ Brown, but you make a good point. I mean, they're, they're all three within the same age range. I think Debo's maybe a, a year older than those guys, a little, little bit older. Um, but certainly AJ Brown's had his own health and uh, health issues and, and injury concerns. So if that's the knock against Debo uh, you've got to, got to treat it both ways there so yeah uh, I, I think uh, he, he's one of really one of the stories of the season from a dynasty standpoint yes you were talking about their ages correct me if I'm wrong both of you but IU came out in 2020 which means Debo came out in 2019 and mm -hmm. both the Ole Miss receivers came out in 2018 so Debo is a draft class younger than those those two and but they came out younger. He was yes. a, he was older, so I think he and the old Miss guys are roughly the same age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm checking it now. It looks uh, Debo is 25, so uh, I I don't think he was an early declare. I think he stayed all four years at South Carolina. Uh, 25 years old. D, uh, DK Metcalf is 23. AJ Brown is 24. So when's Brown's uh, birthday? Let me see if I can find that really quickly here. It's, it's got to be it's got to be close because it feels like I've seen that twenty four by his name for a while. Uh, I think probably probably true of DK Metcalf as well. Um, but Metcalf came out when he was twenty. He was like one of the youngest dudes ever. Yeah. So well, Ryan. Uh, yeah, Brown Brown is a June uh, a June birthday, so he'll be. Uh, He's got a while. So, but on that note, though, 
man, I don't, I look at Seattle and I think, man, that team could get blown up and he could be an orphan wide receiver throughout his career. I say orphan, he and they, because you remember Russ wanted a, a trade last year, right? Yes. Russ could win another trade. They don't pass it very much. We could be talking about, you know, the hooda, shoulda, couldas with uh, Medcalf. And then what does, yeah. how about Brown after, you know, that didn't, that offense doesn't look the same without Derrick Henry opening up the, you know, those no. slants are so much easier when you have a big bully that you're doing play action off of. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, we preach this with rookies when they're coming in that talent, talent over situation, right? Almost, almost to ignore the situation. Uh, but when we have this evidence and uh, two or three years of it, I think we have to factor it in at least as a tiebreaker, right? And, and you already said it with Debo, um, not only do they know how to use him. I mean, this is a team that, that loves to run the ball. This is a team with one of, if not the best tight end in the league. And they're building their offense around Debo Samuel every single week. Um, so he's not, he's not just an impressive piece. He is the piece in that offense. One guy that neither of you mentioned that's been cooking the league is Cooper Cup. Yep. He's an old, he came out older, so he's slightly older. But Sean McVay has gotten the ball early and often. That also might be from Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Where do y'all place him? Let me add, let me add some context to you there, Reese. He's younger than Adams, right? Yeah. Younger both than 28. Both, both 28. Both 28. Similar production, but we all, myself included, have Adams way higher. Yes. I don't. I've got I've got cup ahead of Adams. Um, oh. And it, and it was really, it was really that exact mindset of, you know, I've got, I've got Adams high on this list. I've got Stefan Diggs high on this list. He's also 28 years old. Uh, but, but Cooper cup down, down a little bit lower. And as I started to reevaluate, uh, I mean, if, if you think about it, the rest of this season, who do you want? I want Cooper cup. It's close. It's close, but I want cup over Adams. Um, and think about who do I want next year? Well, I'm, I'm pretty confident, even though they're on a little bit of a cold streak here, I'm pretty confident Stafford, McVay, Cup, Woods, Henderson, hopefully Akers as well, maybe Debo as well. They're all back. They're running it back next year. Um, Green Bay, like, who knows, right? Yeah. Rodgers may be gone, or maybe, maybe we should say probably gone. Uh, Devontae Adams may be gone as well. We saw that uh, um, the the – the Jordan Pippen photo that they use the last dance photo as they, uh, as they started the season. So maybe that means Adams is, is going to try to leave as well. It, to me, it's at this point kind of hard to, to put Adams ahead of, ahead of Cooper cup. So I, I did make that switch. I've got Cooper cup also in that same range as Debo as a, as a uh, kind of first second round fringe guy. Reese had a great point though. So do you want Debo or do you want Cup? I think I'm going Debo there. Uh, talking about a three-year age difference, and and that's enough for me. But yeah, I I do think that's that's a good question. They're both uh, both having awesome seasons. Yeah, but Cups, Cup and Debo are a lot closer in receiving yards than people think. And while the touchdowns may be slightly different, Debo's at least getting into 50 yards on the ground per game that cups not 
Yeah, and a touchdown on the ground every other week. Yeah, you know I mean, on the games he plays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really interesting because since we, you know, they they've kind of started using him more on the ground since the Elijah Mitchell injury, and um, that kind of, I mean, that hurt um, Wilson or Sermon or whoever those placeholders were, but that didn't really matter. It, it kind of boosted Brandon Ayuk at the same time. Now he's kind of the primary receiver instead of Debo. Um, and honestly, when, when Mitchell came back last week, I thought that might shift back. I thought it might just go back to uh, Debo as, as the main pass catcher. Uh, of course, Kittle there as well. I thought that would kind of hurt Ayuk. Uh, that wasn't really the case. I mean, we saw Mitchell go crazy, uh, had the best game of, of his young career. Uh, Debo still had the, uh, the two scores and, uh, what 50 or 60 yards on the ground. Uh, and, and then Ayuk had a, had a good solid game as well. Kittle was, was a little quiet in that one, but, um, yeah, it's, it really just feels like that coaching staff figuring out the best way to use, uh, the different pieces in the offense. Yeah. So how do you see that playing out next year with if Raheem Mostert still with the team or if they draft a young running back? It, I think, I mean, I think Mitchell has shown enough that they just have to hand it to him. They, they're always going to want to use more than one back. I mean, that's, that hasn't really changed, but the, the kind of comforting thing to me, I guess, or the thing that gives me confidence in Mitchell, he said these two minor injuries this year gave Sermon a shot. It gave Wilson a shot when he got back. And everybody else in that backfield has struggled this season uh, other than Mitchell. And, and as soon as Mitchell was back, you know, ankle or finger or whatever it was wrist. I don't, I don't know. It didn't even matter. They just gave him that workload. He set a new career high in, in carries this past week uh, in, in his first game back. Uh, this, this is the guy they want to use. So, I mean, that second back, maybe it's, maybe it's Sermon. I don't think it'll be Mostert. I think he's probably gone. Maybe it's Wilson. They're going to get somebody else, but they would, they would be foolish to go against, uh, against using Mitchell heavily because he's cheap. He's young. Uh, use him up, right? Use him while you can. That's what we've seen them do in the past. Yeah. So we were talking about Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, tight end situation. Yeah. Do you see if Cordero Patterson stays with the Falcons long term and Calvin Ridley comes back, do you see those guys eating to a large portion of Pitts's presumed workload? It's just tough to say. I think there's so many, so many balls in the air, so many moving pieces with that team. Uh, I think we have to expect a new – uh, a new quarterback as early as next season. I know they um, they adjusted Matt Ryan's contract last offseason that basically ensured that he would would stay two more years with the team. I, I think they they've got to figure that out. The, he he can't they can't go into 2022 with Matt Ryan as their starter. Um, and then and then when you look at the playmakers, I mean Patterson's going to be a free agent. I think he will be. Uh, in high demand, high demand around the league. He's, he's going to be 31 years old. I don't think he gets a huge contract necessarily, um, but teams are going to look at the way Atlanta used him. 
same thing we've just talked about with Debo Samuel, really almost the, the exact same thing. How much success those two individual players have had, how much uh, specifically Debo's success has, has helped San Francisco. Um, and I, I, I think Patterson's going to be able to pick his, his landing spot. As fantasy managers, we've, we probably should hope he stays in Atlanta. They're the team that kind of unlocked him. They're the team that figured it out. And, and there's not much in that backfield that, that is going to give him uh, any competition, at least right now. So I think we should be rooting for him to stay in Atlanta, but I'm not sure that happens. I, I think he's, he's going to be able to pick his, uh, his landing spot and have a lot of options. Um, and, and then the Ridley situation, obviously, is just one we can't project. Um, I mean, as soon as he made that announcement, I expected him to miss the rest of the season. Uh, but that's, you know, this is not a torn ACL. This is not a concussion. This is not a, 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 a twisted ankle that we can say it's three to six weeks or it's one year or whatever. Uh, I mean, obviously, we all hope he's in a good place mentally. Uh, and physically to start the 2022 season, but I mean, there's 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 the chance we never see uh, Calvin Ridley back on an NFL field, right? I mean, he's already made plenty of money. I don't know anything about his the way he lives his life, but if he's saved money and and this brings him negative uh, feelings, emotions, uh, negative mindset, and he can walk away the same way we've d- seen other players do it. You know, all the best to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Patterson picking his spot, I could definitely see him and him being well used in a place like Kansas City, where you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they selected Clyde Edwards Hilaire and they're probably regretting it uh, because of his pass catching ability over guys like Jonathan Taylor, who could have been a lot more useful. DeAndre Swift or. Yeah. 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 I mean, we could yes. we can go on and on with that. Yeah, but, I didn't. Excuse me. I think it's tough to it's tough to say where Patterson would fit in because we're really not seeing very many offenses um, use players like this, right? And I mean, of course, Carolina throws the ball to McCaffrey, or or New or- New Orleans throws it to uh, Kamara. But this is this is a different situation. I think it's it's really the um, the creativity needed to use that type of player all over the field. Um, and, and it's what we're, it's what we're seeing again in San Francisco. Uh, I, I realized I didn't even answer your question on Pitts. I, I think Pitts is talented enough that if Patterson is back and if, if Ridley is back, I still think Pitts will, will get his and will, will be a star and, and live up to that dynasty tight end one ranking. Yes. But I was just thinking Patterson because all the hype coming into CEH rookie season. Oh, you see what Andy Reid does for fantasy running yeah. backs in the pass catching. Look what he did for Brian Westbrook. Patterson shown more as a pass catcher in his career, especially this year, than uh, CEH has so far in his NFL career. And <laughs> sorry, nope. He one commentator described him as is guy the size of a linebacker he's 6'5 230 235 he's the size of a linebacker that can outrun all the corners in the league yeah the one place i would love there's two places i'd love to see him arizona 
because oh, yeah. it's not like Connor and Chase Edmonds or anything, but he'd make a great chess piece in that offense. Yeah. And the other one, and it's just because I, I love uh, punishment, is can you imagine him in the San Francisco offense? Used like Depot in wow. a way that, you know what I'm saying? Like you could really, if you're Shanahan and you're like, hey, I want to go and I want to brew up something that's that nobody's ever seen, those two guys would that would be an interesting offense with Kittle, Mitchell, Patterson, Ayuk, and uh, Jack. and Mitchell. Yeah, just it just be an interesting way to use them. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that would be good for a, a fantasy standpoint, but it would sure be fun to watch. Definitely. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean Patterson is just a freak athlete, and and we pretty much knew that. And you know what what took so long for for this to come out i i don't know uh if it was a coaching issue or or just uh the way they use him in general but i mean this is a guy who uh, across his uh what almost 10 year career now had had basically established himself as as one of the best uh return men of all time and now now they're just using him in different ways so yeah he's 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 a freak athlete so one final question for me i don't know how many he has Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll start writing them down now. Yeah. That's right. So we've talked about who do you think the running back one and tight end one for Dynasty are. So who do you think the QB one and the wide receiver one are in terms of Dynasty? Uh, I still have my homes at QB one. Um, I think he's um, – what we've seen from him, what we've seen from uh, some of the other guys probably makes it a, a – takes it from a tier of one to maybe a tier of three or four um where entering the season i would have had mahomes by himself and and then kyler murray lamar jackson josh allen probably in there somewhere uh but now i think those those players are probably all in the same tier uh to me that just means less less likely chance that i would have patrick mahomes on my team because he's, he still carries that price tag so uh, if I can acquire, if the price for Mahomes is X and the price for Lamar Jackson is, is, is you know, X minus two, then I'm going for Lamar Jackson. I've got them in the same tier. I think about it the same way from a draft standpoint as well. If, if we're talking super flex dynasty startup and uh, Mahomes is, is the 101 and Lamar is a mid first rounder or a late first rounder, uh, then that that's the way I would go. Uh, wide receiver. Uh, it's kind of different every day, every day you ask me, I might give you a different answer, but it's, it's Jefferson or chase. It's, it's one of the LSU guys for me, uh, both obviously super impressive and, uh, and so young. And I like, I like the situation for both guys. Um, so I, I think right now I have chase, but I, I wouldn't argue against Justin Jefferson either. I put chase up a few weeks ago and I've seen nothing to dissuade that, especially since he's paired with the young quarterback and we don't know how much longer cousins will be there, but you can yeah. play the other side is yes. Thielen's taken all his touchdowns as well, but back on um, quarterback, it's interesting to me. We've seen some clunkers from Mahomes this, this year that surprised us, but you could say the same thing about Herbert and Josh Allen yeah. and even Lamar throwing the four picks on Sunday night. I mean, the top quarterbacks haven't really been that top. I, I think of Dak on Thanksgiving wasn't really on his A game. 
Yes, he was missing some receivers. But you know what I mean? Like, there's nobody running off and hiding in this. Herbert, I want to blame. This is my partiality to Herbert. I want to blame the, the system that they're not using him, you know, throwing down the field. But Josh Allen, you know, scoring six points against Jacksonville. I'm like, how's that happen? Yeah. You know? And so it makes me think, do, do the boroughs of the world, do they start, you know, creeping up closer and closer? Does that does that tier below start inching up? I, I don't want to presume you have Burrow, Joe Burrow there. You know, you may be a Taysom Hill fan and have him there. Yeah, I've got I've got Taysom Hill pretty pretty high up there. No, I, I do have. <laughs> I think Burrow would be next in that in that group for sure. Um, I think you make a good point. We we talk so much about Mahomes kind of coming down to the pack, but the truth is Mahomes might have dropped like a tier and a half and. Jackson, Allen, Kyler have also dropped a tier as well. Uh, all of those guys kind of coming back to the pack. Uh, Murray, I think everybody expected Murray to have that MVP type season, and and he started out that way. Uh, if, you know, a couple of years ago it was Lamar Jackson with the breakout year. Last year it was Josh Allen, and it felt like Kyler Murray's turn to do that same thing. Uh, but the the offense changed, and and he's just not running like like Lamar and, and Josh Allen have. Um, so uh, prior to his injury, they were still winning. It was, you know, it was good for them, but not so good for us because he wasn't producing uh, like, like we thought he would. He wasn't living up to, to that value, to that upside uh, because of the lack of, of uh, rush attempts that he was uh, and, and the way they were using him. So, I'm really interested to see. I'm, I'm hoping he's back on the field this week. I want to see what he looks like, if the game plan has changed any uh, now that they've uh, taken a loss or two. And, yeah, just to see what's, what's changed there. Yes. But uh, last time we saw Kyler Murray was on Thursday night against the Packers where he threw two picks, no touchdowns, no rushing touchdowns. And the, the outside of the final drive did not look – all that good. I mean, one of both interceptions were not his fault. One was a deflection. One of them, AJ Green just stopped for no reason. But I mean, he has he has three rushing touchdowns all year, and of course that that kind of takes on different meaning now that he's missed um, missed a few games. Uh, but even in the the eight games he's played. That's just not enough. I mean, he has he has the same number of rushing touchdowns as as Aaron Rodgers, the same as Jimmy Garoppolo, and and actually Josh Allen also has three. So, um, you know, both of those guys hurting us a, a little bit on the ground. Josh Allen has has the yardage uh, that that Kyler does not have. It just hasn't found the end zone as much as he has in the past. So, Ryan, I'm going to piggyback on Reese's question. Okay, which is for both of you. So let's project now we're in the spring, we're in the summer. So what, what now, how do we, uh, how do we leverage what we know? Do we go out and buy certain guys or do we sell certain guys? And I say that cause I have, I have some internal conflict in my brain. What do I do with Jalen Hurts? Would I rather have Tua or Tom Brady in a dynasty? Tua's looked okay. You know what I mean? Like, like we're really at a crossing point with a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, as far as 
who do we buy? Who do we sell? I mean, if, if nothing changes between now and the end of the season, I'm going to be buying Trevor Lawrence and Justin yeah. Fields and Trey Lance. Those are the guys I would be buying. I still, I still have all three as, as top 12 quarterbacks in dynasty still believe in all three. I think the price uh, of all three has come down. Certainly has come down in relation to the top tier guys that we've been talking about. Um, Tua is an interesting one and Hertz is an interesting one. I don't, I, I still don't feel like I have an answer for either one. Um, and really that's because I'm not confident that, um, that their team knows any better than I do, right? Like uh, how, how sure are we that, that Hertz is the Eagles starter next year or that Tua is the Dolphins starter? I think I'm probably more confident in Tua, but you know, it, it kind of feels like 60% at best for both of those guys. And at the price that they they're going to cost in a dynasty super flex, it's, it's tough to pay that um, given that uncertainty. For me guys, I would be selling a Rob though. I, you couldn't get much for him just because even though they have Justin Fields, Fields, Fields does not look to him at all. It's been the Darnell Mooney show. show. Even if, even after he cooked Jalen Ramsey, that's where he first got his fame. Nobody's really talked about him since. Yeah. But uh, Robinson's a free agent, I think, and I expect him to be gone. Yeah. Uh, But I I had a thought for you, Reese. Where would you put Deshaun Watson in all this conversation? Today, knowing that you don't know where he's going to be, when he's going to play, then we'll kick it to Ryan. Give Ryan a couple seconds to think about it because you know Ryan's already got this figured out. I don't know if I haven't figured out. I've, I've got an answer, though. He is not the, He was not put on any of the commissioner's exempt list, correct? Yes. He's just holding out on the Texans right? at, at this moment, which means that the Texans would be okay to trade him, in, if, but they did not get a good enough offer. But in the offseason, something tells me that they'll hurry it up because they realize we can't do anything. We need to reset. We need these picks. They saw what their offense was like. So I would put him, and don't flame me too much, I think I would put, I'd rather have him at this point than someone like Zach Wilson, where I have no faith in the offense, oh, yeah. no faith in the receivers, no faith in the quarterback. How about him versus Josh Allen, Herbert? Kyler, Dak. I would, That's the conversation that gets us all squeamish. I'd rather have put him, <laughs> put him with Kirk Cousins. They got the world's most paid game manager, but can rack up top 12 fantasy numbers. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's worth a ton and still Dynasty Superflex. How about you, Ryan? Where do you have Watson in that, that stack? Uh, he's, he's not in that stack for me. He's <laughs> Honestly, he probably would be. I'd, I'd kind of be with Reese. He'd be more in the Cousins, Tannehill group. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the status, Reese, Reese kind of spoke to it there, but uh, he's not been suspended. He's not on the uh, commissioner exempt list. He's just a healthy scratch. Every week, he's been a healthy scratch. Um, I don't. I think. I think they've missed their chance on a trade. That's, you know, if, eventually maybe that happens, but I think he's going to be suspended for the entire 2022 season. That's what I think happens. So. That's why I'm not willing to put him in, in that group of 
uh, elite quarterbacks or even the the young quarterbacks with upside. Wow. But so one last thought, then I'll on that, but then I'll move it. We're talking about this, but Watson's still aging as we're talking about him. If he's suspended for that 2022 season, that's another year. He's 29, 30. Is he really that viable, especially with his legs? I mean, sure, he's got the passing qualities, but what made him so good was his rushing. Yeah, I, I'll take the other side of that, Ryan. I think if he can and is willing to resolve those civil cases, I think that's been the 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 hiccup is that he's been unwilling to resolve those civil cases. Once he does that and they have a confidentiality clause that nobody can say anything publicly, I think he gets traded. And then we're looking at destinations and trying to say upside. And I'm just saying this right now, and I'm going to kind of go where you guys were, even though I started off on the other side. But let's say, I'd say the most likely destination is Carolina. And then I look at Carolina quarterbacks. I'm like, you know, we look at all those tools and we think a quarterback should put up fantasy points. But I don't think that system, even with DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, Bobby Anderson, McCaffrey, is set. I don't think they pass right. Reese is giving me this crazy look. The, the reason why I'm giving crazy look is because you were the biggest believer in Joe Brady. I was, but I'm saying I think <laughs> that rule is overruling him in that they are not taking shots down the field. What every DJ Moore fancy manager is unhappy. Every Robbie Anderson fancy manager is unhappy. Every Terrace Marshall fantasy manager is unhappy. I'm saying we have Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, and Cam Newton. Not exactly the all-star quarterback sample size that we want to use. But I'm saying I don't think Watson could go in and where those guys were quarterback 20 will now be quarterback five. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that's the situation to, to be successful. Ryan, do you want to take the other side of that? Uh, no, I mean, I think that's fair. And, and, regardless of, of where he lands that it's another you know it's another question mark it's another uh, piece of the puzzle that brings uncertainty to his value um and, and there's you know there's good landing spots obviously if we're talking about denver reese i think i think that would be a great landing spot with those weapons if if he's if it goes the way you you suggest jeff and it kind of he kind of gets past it without uh, a significant suspension, even if it's four games or six games. Uh, if he gets six games and gets traded to Denver, he's right back in this conversation with in the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert range, if not higher. Yes. I just don't. I just, all I'm saying is, I think if the prosecutors have had time to bring it to the foreground and they haven't, I mean, it's been, this thing has been germinating a long time and it's kind yeah. of squelched. And so I just think that now the ball's in Watson's court. And if you're those, those women, you're not going to settle for peanuts on this. You're going to be like, hey, this guy needs us to settle for him to be traded. We're not going to go. We're not going to go cheap on this. Yes. Well, and he needs to. Uh, I mean, we know the way the NFL works. Anytime one of these big names gets traded, they also get that new deal. So yeah. he might he might want to settle before he gets traded and before that big new contract comes comes about oh yeah. yeah oh yeah there's when there's blood in the water the sharks start circling yes one quarterback because we have not talked about him much tonight and you were circling around the start of his range where do you put matthew stafford i put him below just for age 
you know, he's yeah. far enough, he's far enough older putting up similar points. You disagree? I was looking I was, at your reaction. No, what there. I was saying is like, where do you put him? Do you put him with like Burrow? Do you put him with Rogers? Do cousins, you put him with cousins? Because cousins, Tannehill, those guys that are low-end quarterback ones that you are fine in a one quarterback league starting. Do you disagree, Ryan? No, I'd probably have him uh, a little bit higher than that, but outside of the QB one range for me, you know, maybe maybe he's right behind Aaron Rodgers. Wherever you want to put Rodgers, I'd put uh, I'd probably put Stafford right behind him, but uh, certainly above above Tannehill, above Brady. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I've had him. But in, in general, I agree. Yeah, the one thing I would say though is I think and this is a this is not meant to be a hot take. Stafford's one, fan, one great fantasy season in Detroit is when he had an unworldly number of pass attempts. If you guys want to go look it up. But other than that, he was average. I think we are giving him too much credit for being in the McVay system. Like we gave Goff too much credit. And I, I think Rodgers is an ex, a supreme talent that's carrying the Packer offense where the Rams offense is carrying Stafford's dynasty value. And that's why I put him there with the Cousins range. Yeah, I think that's probably fair, but ultimately that doesn't matter, right? I mean, we're not ranking the talent of these players. We're ranking the situation and, and the talent and, and everything combined for what they can produce and, and what value they can bring us. So, you know, is Aaron Rodgers a better quarterback than than Matt Stafford? Well, yeah, you know, certainly he is. Uh, but we also don't know what, what team Aaron Rodgers will be playing for next year. It might be those, those men in orange and blue out there in, in the West. Uh, and if it is his value, I think is, is going to be helped, you know? And so is, so is Sutton and, and Judy and all those guys who, whoever they get, it's, it's going to help. But um, yeah, I, I would just say, I, I agree with all that, but fantasy wise, I, I don't think it matters much. The only reason I thought it mattered was that, Situation could change. Talent rarely, yeah. rarely does. You yeah. know, if he loses Cooper Cup tomorrow, he's going to go down in fancy production. And we've seen Rodgers have to put it up without Jones or Adams. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So while we're talking about Rodgers and all of them, do you see Adams falling Rodgers to wherever he goes? <sighs> I mean, it's it's going to be kind of a fun storyline to follow. Um, but, I mean, that we're talking about a lot of money, right? I mean, I, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to want $40 million a year. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to want $20 million a year. So that by itself tells me probably not. That's 30% of the cap yes. on two players. And the other reason I, I'm with Ryan on this, is the only teams that can afford them are the bad teams, and those guys want to win a ring. Sure. They're not going to the Giants. You know what I mean? Like, they're well, not going and, to a bad team. Yeah, and, I mean, we kind of get stuck in, in fantasy mindset of how great Devontae Adams is, and he, and he certainly is. But when you look at the scarcity of, uh, of high-end uh, wide receivers around the league versus quarterbacks, it's not even close. I mean, right. you're going to have – multiple teams doing whatever they can this off season, you know, cutting, cutting players, restructuring contracts, dumping draft picks. I mean, whatever, whatever they can do to get Aaron Rodgers on their team. 
it, it's going to be like a rat race as you know, come what, probably February, something like that, February, March. Um, and Devonte Adams, it's just not going to be that way. You know, unfortunately it's, there's just, there's too many wide receivers. They just don't matter as much as quarterbacks. Yeah. And, and, and Adams is still under contract. It's, it's, you know, it's no sure thing that he leaves green Bay at all. Yeah. Ryan, we could have this conversation going all night and it's, Oh awesome. yeah, for sure. It's awesome. Talking, uh, just talking shop and, and talking to what ifs, because the one thing we know about dynasty is if we had the same conversation next week, half of these takes, we would want the other side. And, uh, just because stuff happens and it's so fluid. And if you go out a month, you know, you go out week 16, we would be like, what was I thinking? You know, kind <laughs> of conversations. And so that's what makes them all fun. We thank you for coming on. I hope to have you on again soon, sir. Anytime, guys. Always fun to talk with you guys. Oh, yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics with Reese Tiller. Mm-hmm.